This episode of Getting Grown is brought to you by Hulu, celebrating black history always with stories like Women of the Movement, Snowfall, Atlanta, Grownish, Power, Living Single, the award-winning Summer of Soul, Hulu original Wu-Tang and American Saga, and much more. Hulu highlights stories that showcase black history, past and present, 365 days a year, because February just isn't enough. Hulu subscription required. Terms apply. From the moment I saw you, I went out of my mind. Though I never believed in love at first sight. But you got a magic boy that I just can't explain. Well, you've got a, you got a way that you're making me feel like and feel like I can do anything for you, baby. I'll be there for you, baby. Cut all my hearts out tonight. Just call on me, baby. Woo! I'll be there in a hurry. Yeah. It's your move now, baby. Baby, this time, whatever, whatever you want from me. There you go. I'll give you everything. I'll be your baby tonight. I'm your baby. If you're watching on Patreon, you'll see that I'm wearing a Whitney Houston t-shirt. Which is why I sang the song. You oh, inspired yes. me with your nippy tea. You know, I'm, I love me some nippy Elizabeth. <laughs> nippy Elizabeth Houston. Elizabeth Houston. Yes, out of Newark, New Jersey. The Brick City. Yes, indeed. Brick City. Brick City. Brick, brick City, bitch. Praise the Lord, niggas. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. How Welcome are you today, back. sister? I am doing just fine. I'm safe. I have what I need. All is well. How are you? Yes. Yes, same. I have what I need and I'm grateful for that. And um, you know what I'm saying? I'm hopefully spring will peak her head very, very soon because I'm tired. You know, thank you, winter, but it's time for you to go. We are. So. We are tired of you. Um, we just have about yeah. tomorrow, t- tomorrow, or I guess when this airs, it will be March 1st. So that means that we have just about 20 more days of winter left, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that would be am- amazing because I cannot wait I, for the solstice. I do believe. Let me just double check my... Uh, I want to say the solstice hits with uh, the 26th, did I see? Hold on. It ends so, I mean, not Sunday, the solstice, Sunday, the spring... Um, yeah, Sunday, March equinox. 20th is the the last day of winter. Oh, so the 21st, not the 26th. So Sunday, March 20th. Yeah, I thought it was the 21st. Yes. Okay, yes, it is the 21st. Mm-hmm. I keep saying calling it the solstice. I'm at the equinox. Oh, thank you very much. Oh. When do we do the daylight savings? Oh, well, let's see. Daylight savings, because you know that should be throwing me off. I'm ready for it because listen, I, I can tell this happened because the sun is staying up longer and longer. Sunday, March 13th, girl, we got it just about two weeks. Oh, Ooh, glory to Jesus. We spring forward, so we lose an hour, but it's okay. I remember one time I was on some hallucinogens <laughs> and it was daylight savings. Oh, and let me tell you how oh. your girl was blown for like 11 minutes but anyway uh (laughs) 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 (laugh
And usually, you know, you'd be real present, but I was like, not right now, nigga. I was like, what is going on? Did Tristan call me in the future? It was crazy. <laughs> but then I finally got it. <laughs> I finally got it. <laughs> Did Tristan call me in the future? It's hilarious. That's what that's what I was literally staring at my phone like, and I got this close to my phone. I had gotten all the way right here, and I was like, "Oh my, my eyes were huge." Okay, it was crazy. Trouble. You were perplexed. Oh wow, that just really that took me away for a minute. But we have a little Man. bit of trash to Glad get to into. Have you back. Okay, let's do it. So let's get into that. Oh, it is time for the trash. And, you know, surprisingly, with the world at war everywhere, um, we, there's, the trash was like really hard (laughs) and minimal. (laughs) But then also, but I think the things that we have, we can discuss. What were you about to say, sis? No, no, I was just like, or, or it's just that we're all just exhausted and maybe, just maybe, Niggas got somewhere and sat down this week. Whew. I mean, we deserve so because, you know, we just don't ever get a break. Wow. You know what I'm saying? We just went through, we went through, you know, so many things, 400 years worth. And then we went through a pandemic. Mm. Um, and then the 400 years yes. extended until, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know, <laughs> past today. Yes. And then, you know, now, and we see that this is happening globally. So um, as everybody is aware, uh Russia has declared war on Ukraine. They're invading Ukraine. I y'all know I'm not the political savvy one, but you know you you know what's going on. And it's ugly. They've they're bombing Ukraine. There's been uh civilian apartments that have been completely damaged. Oh, People have passed and died. People have been maimed. Um and it's just really, it's really sad to see. It's tragic. But what is specifically concerning me and Kia, us here getting grown, are the black people and the black students that are having a hard time getting out of Ukraine because they're focusing on their own. Um, and the black students uh, and the black people of Ukraine are being turned away from safety at the borders um, from being able to get into safe conditions, which is disgusting. So we see how racism uh, and colorism plays out Anti-blackness everywhere. Is not just anti-blackness. To the United thank States. you. Yes, it is not. Um, and if we're going to talk about this war that's going on, and we're going to talk about what an atrocity it is for a country for a man to come and declare that he wants something so he should have it and he's going to do get it by any means necessary, we need to talk about, as a people, what's happening to our people in the midst of this. Uh, and so I found it's important. it I mean, and I think this to, is it's very timely, about. right? Because we find ourselves in a time uh, in American culture where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, certain individuals... Uh, claim that it's black people who make things about race, right? <laughs> you know, they always <laughs> right, say yes. that we right. are the ones who are keeping up the rhetoric around right. racism uh, as opposed to moving forward. But, you know, as we see in instances like this one, um, you know, we have never been 
you know, politically equipped or empowered to make it about mm-hmm. anything, right? And so mm-hmm. we have been merely navigating the systems that we've been um uh unfair uh we've we've been thrown into against our our will. And so it's it's just I think it's you know it's it's challenging to sort of see folks toe this line <coughs> of yeah you know, revisionist history, right? And how we've all overcome Mm. and, you know, everyone that's talking about anything, any discussions of racism are anti-American. At the same time, you see white supremacy doing what white supremacy does around the globe. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's an exhausting time to be alive. (laughs) It really is. It is. But we will have links in the description box on how, on information that you can find on, um, Incredible on the Africans in Ukraine mm-hmm. and resources on how to assist and help in these situations, um, especially if you have links and connects and, you know, family and so forth and so on. But we'll put all of that information in the description box. Just how, it's just devastating to see. It's just awful. And then, you know, there are comments being made. We have seen comments where it's like, it's very sad to see our blonde hair and blue eyed people getting killed in the street. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're being very specific about really who it's sad to see get killed. Oh, yeah. Um, Hold on. I'll tell you right now because I'm not going to say because I it, originally it was reported that it was the president of Ukraine, but it wasn't the president of Ukraine. Um Really? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the pre- uh hold on. That uh, is I mean, I'm laughing not because it's funny. I know no, I know. Shocking. I know. Shockingly. Eh. Mm, what a oh, what a Oh, place. and they call it, you know, it's sad to see this happening in a civilized place. Ooh. Where the hell is the damn comment? Now I just clicked Lord on it. You know, I hate your convoluted links. Oh yes, it's very uh it's very emotional for me. Let's see here. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. God damn it. That's heavy. Anyway, go Google it. But because <laughs> I can't mm. I don't want to misquote who it is. But that's what they said. That's what they said. Yes. It's sad to see these blonde hair and blue eyed people getting killed in the street. My wow. people. And Western media criticized for racist blonde hair, blue eye comment. Anyway, wow. so yes, that's um, it's sad to see what's happening, but it's really sad to see what's happening to our people Ukraine's on a global official level. remark on people with blonde. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ukraine's mm-hmm. deputy chief prosecutor. There you go. Thank you. Who I was about to call him te- attorney general, all kinds of stuff. Deputy he chief said, prosecutor. He said. Hmm. How rich. The war situation unfolding in his country was very emotional for him because, quote, European people with blonde with blue eyes and blonde hair were being killed every day. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> hmm. What? Huh. Wow. <laughs> That mm-hmm. is my real-time reaction because I have yeah. not seen that. She had no clue. What? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Because and it's I- not emotional. <laughs> it's not emotional for him to see 
to see uh, black people being killed. Black people or, getting turned or away. Or people who Being killed, not turned blind. away. Yeah, that's not emotional for him. Because not finding refuge. You know what I'm saying? None of those things. It's just, I'm sad to see my blonde haired, blue eyed European cronies people are being killed. killed. Yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. I mean, oh. if you can't get any more direct and blatant than that, then I don't know. So, I am yeah, stunned. on a global level. So, we're going to provide those links in the description box and I admonish you all to go look. Wait, wait, hold on. Um, I have to do this. Please he went do. on to say. With all due respect, this isn't a place like Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh-huh. Yeah. He said this something about it being civilized. This is a relatively civilized... Civilized. European yeah. uh -huh. city. Are you shitting uh -huh. me? What? Relatively civilized. Oh! And then you're going to call people out like, excuse me, you... <laughs> and now I get in it. <laughs> now I get in it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding? Mm -hmm. Listen, we got to do something, y'all, because white folks is being killed. Okay? Child, listen. Oh! Listen. Help us today. Listen. Whoo! And, and, and then the U.S. is... Anyway. Um, this is not... We're civilized. We're not like you savages. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh man. <laughs> you can't do nothing but laugh. You can't do nothing but chuckle. Because we know have, what we know. Have, mm -mm. But then when we see the evidence of it, it'd be like, whoo. <laughs> whoo. I mean, still, right? Because I mean, we've been black, you know. I, I've been black for 39 years. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? And so uh -huh. there are there are Things that I know come with the territory of of being in a black body, you know. So, mm -hmm. so there are things that you expect, but still, I am aghast <laughs> at mm -hmm. how how like blatant mm -hmm. and overt and just in your face it is. And I will say this, I was having a conversation with some people at work. Um, and we're engaging in some, some, uh, it's kind of like an exercise around sort of thinking about race, racial identity, you know, mm -hmm. and how our identity sort of shapes and informs our work. So we're doing this like racial autobi autobiography project big group of people in, embarking on this endeavor together. And we were just doing some sort of talking about it. And I said, you know, in the conversations that I am still, I'm struck by how much this stuff, you would think that after 39 years and people who are much older than me, right? I'm not saying this, like I'm the oldest person in America, but you would think that we would be accustomed to this and this would not, um oh yeah hit us but but even in those spaces i'm stunned what strikes me more than people just this outright outright in your face racism is when i hear mm -hmm. people white people say i never knew when when they're surprised that this kind of stuff happens oh like, listen at my homeboy so unofficial shout out actually official shout out Yes, official shout out. Okay. Um let's do it. Kojo. Yes, I have to. Ajumu Kojo 
uh, which is one of my very, very, very dear brothers and friends, has an exhibit right now at um, the, oh, Lord, I'm about to child, I'm about to call this the whole wrong name in New Jersey. Not my, is it Montclair? Not Montclair. Is it Montclair? Montclair? Like the coats? Montclair coats? Am I, is that what they're called? No, like the Mon- Wait a second. Montclair. Okay, yeah. Montclair State University. There's a museum oh, that's affiliated. Oh, Montclair. Uh, okay, it's spelled Montclair. Yes. Yeah, okay. Montclair. Montclair State University. There's a museum that's affiliated with the with the campus with the mm-hmm. college, and it's on the campus. And right now, Ajumu has uh, an exhibit at Montclair State University through April. So if you can go see it, oh, if perfect. you're in the tri-state area, please, please, please do. And it is on Black Wall Street, um, oh, a case for reparations. Love it. He's got beautiful oil paintings of black people, which are depictions of the excellence of black people before the Tulsa fires. Mm. Um, because remember, the Tulsa fires happened as a result of white people being angry that we had such an affluent community mm-hmm. that was doing well and thriving. Pissed. Um, and so he has an entire exhibit uh, at Montclair State University right now. Um on Black Wall Street, and it's really such a beautiful one. But you said something that made me mention that in the first mm-hmm. place. What did you say? I was talking about how white people, you know, things like this happen. Oh yes, and white people be like, so a white, no a old white was lady bad. was there, and she mm-hmm. was like, we went to the opening ceremony, and afterwards, Ashmo said, old white lady told me, she said, well, this is just beautiful and tragic, and how come we didn't know this happened? And his wife, Nakomi, shout out to Nakomi, my girl, turns to her and she goes, well, we did. (laughs) So, ain't that, you know, and, you know, that it speaks to, uh, of course, the the, if I'm going to use current terms, the shadow banning that has happened with education on what's happened to us in this country, but also white people. You got libraries and the internet and all kinds of things, and you can go educate yourself as to some of the some of the atrocities that have happened to us as a people throughout history. I mean, the plethora. Instead of, of just using the very flimsy excuse, "How come I didn't know?" Because you didn't educate yourself. That's why. And because your ignorance is a part of your privilege, right? And for mm-hmm. those people who want to, to claim that, you know, there is no such thing or to want to poke holes in white privilege as a concept, like, you know, you have to think, like, you know, you got to think about these things in the context in which they're situated. So for a lot of people, your ignorance has been bliss and your comfort is a part of the privilege package, right? This is yep. where you've been walking around completely blind and oblivious to the tragic hardships that fellow humans have had to hmm. endure while you have had been able to be both comfortable and blissfully ignorant. <laughs> and willfully at many times. Willfully ignorant. But that's neither here nor there. Shout out to to the art exhibit. I definitely, Absolutely. if you're in the Montclair uh, state area or, you know, just Jersey, you know, Take mm-hmm. a ride. If you're and in a if you got a car, yes, take if a you ride. got a friend with a car and you all are looking for an activity, throw your mask on and go to the universe and go see the exhibit. I just, I just really 
really admonish you all to do so. It's such a thoughtful and intentional project that he's been working on for quite some time. And it's got all the pieces from the original, the original um, showcase and the, and the currently as well as all the pieces together. So yes. Trash shout out segment. Shout out. Period. Done. We have to, because we need an uplifting, you (sighs) know what I'm saying? Cause the world is trash because also April Jones and Tay Diggs. What the fuck? I am so troubled by this. It really, I mean, I mean, for the for those of you who are out here enjoying their carryings on, I would like for you to help me. Give me some perspective so that I can look beyond what to me seems to be a a, a terrible pairing. <laughs> um, like and I'm not even really sure why. Maybe I, 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 oh, I, maybe because we just talked about April Jones six months ago being with Dr. fucking Dre. I don't know. Maybe I mean, because. I just have a bad taste in my mouth about this. I don't understand yeah, it what's doesn't happening sit well. here. And I get it. They're mm-hmm. just on TikTok and on the internet having fun and laughing. And maybe it is just an exercise in joy. Maybe they just enjoy each other. They just enjoying each other together. But I am confused. I don't, I don't yeah. understand what it is. But it makes me think of uh, <laughs> Comic View uh, <laughs> when some more when some more was talk about why. Uh, <laughs> remember when she was talking about how um, the young lady there was a young lady that dated like uh, Michael. Michael Jordan, like she was dating like a lot of athletes at one time. Her name was mm-hmm. Juanita, and some more. Mm-hmm. And some more made a, a joke about it was like you know y'all be saying Bo knows. Oh no, Juanita knows how to how to bag these <laughs> how to bag these wealthy men. Juanita knows. So if when I see April, I be like April, she got to put together a ten a tender swindler course or something to get the girls I informed. Think so. Okay, she got to be Joe and the scamming her I way so. into these spaces and it's like which listen listen i'm not mad at anybody who who is grown and and listen makes you know changes their mind and makes various decisions do what you do what i'm more concerned with is the fact that she made this leap from dr dre to take from Lil Fizz <laughs> or from excuse me from omarion <laughs> to Lil Fizz to dr dre to now Tay Diggs and Dr. Dre was not too long ago. And it's really more about who Dr. Dre is as a person, which leads me to have such vast questions. Now, maybe she was, maybe she was blissfully ignorant to Dr. Dre's uh, reputation and history, you know, maybe very well. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Right. I don't know. Something still isn't sitting right in my belly. (laughs) Something about it. And I don't know what it is. I'm trying not to judge the girl. I just, something about it is just like, ah, Okay, girl. And can I be honest? I'm both of us. You and I were fully grown women, right? Mm -hmm. We're fully grown women in our late thirties, and you know, we 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 have experienced life, and you know, we have assets. You know what I'm saying? Hence the the kitchen table talk. Make sure you all tune in. Mm -hmm. And I still feel like. Let's say I wasn't in the situation I'm in. Let's say I wasn't married to Tristan. I still feel like if I was in relationship with a 51-year-old man, 
I would just need to have a very pointed conversation and really clarify some things around why he is in relationship with me. <laughs> Are you, what is, you know, I need to understand and make sure that you're not fetishizing an age that you're not, you know, there's just, there's some, there's some conversations that may not be the most pleasant that still need to be had. Because I need to understand. It's the same thing as dating men. And, and I, I want to make sure if I'm with a man, you're not with me because I'm a light-skinned woman. Because mm. then that's we we can no longer be. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. fundamentally, we ain't there together. And I and I and I'm not saying that's exactly the same thing, but you see what I'm saying. Like no, no, no. I just want to understand what your intentions are it and where you're coming yeah. from. It would be interesting to see if and where how this plays out. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to know where it's going to go. Because, I mean, I guess part of me wants to believe that this is just two people enjoying each other's company, having a good and time. And it very well could be. And it's not, it's you know, they're keeping it light and we just seeing where things go. Um, but it, 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 it's, it's, it is an odd coupling. It's not something that I expected based on what little, and I have to be honest, based on what little I know about Tay Diggs. I don't know much about him. And I don't oh, no, know much I don't know about, anything April, about him. But I'm just saying from outside looking in, it's just like, mm. well, just what is happening here? Just what are we doing I, with I, this? I, but, I just you wanna... know, <laughs> they can continue to carry on down to the TikTok if that's what suits them child go right ahead you know and I think people deserve to have a good time Do but I still mean. have questions I, I, I just, just would love a little bit and more they could very well say Jade who Mind the fuck are you exactly. and we're not answering and I, them listen, and I'd be like that's cool I have no but choice but to until that it. happens mm -hmm. I still have questions <laughs> it's still and when that happens I'll probably still have questions <laughs> yeah something about it is not quite curling I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's like okay. I'm not. What is happening? Not sure. With that? It's like dairy the next morning. <laughs> um. So Quincy, <laughs> Quincy uh, Combs. I don't know what his last name. Is. Oh, Puffy Quincy son. Jablarge, uh, Oh, okay. Be sure. Quincy, be sure. Quincy, be sure. Okay, uh, apparently had an issue on a JetBlue flight recently in oh. which a pilot, a pilot, allegedly, okay, because we ain't about that suing life over here, allegedly put his hands on really Quincy Combs to be sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? So apparently um, he had a bag uh, or both him and his assistant had a bag which included his medication Okay. For anti-anxiety. All right. Um, and the the pilot somehow him and the pilot ended up in each other's a uh, company. And the pilot pushed him on the jet bridge, and this is after JetBlue denied him being able to get on the on the flight. Him and his assistant with oh. the bags. Mm hmm. Now, what's this? Yeah. Uh, what color was the pilot? Well, I'm not sure, but his name is Todd Papesh. Mm. So you can just, you know, do what you will with that. Well, we'll stay tuned for more developments on that. We are. Something and about well, this. But we, 
Like, I'm sure Hi. when Diddy get a hold of it, he gonna go on Instagram Live or something, child. We gonna get to the bottom. Well, you know, I just can't, you know, if if they change the name to Combs <laughs> Flights or... <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be it's getting gonna on be that like plane. It's going to be like Jet Love. Because just... you know he done changed his name to Love. Jet Love. Jet Love Airlines. Or, or just Soul Plane. I'm not sure. Oh. Revolt. You know, Revolt Flights. Oh, I'm, I don't know, but I don't me. think I want to get on that Get on that flight is all I'm, t- that's all I'm saying. Well, I'm going to need people to keep their hands to themselves. That's all I'm going to say. I do need people to keep them hands to themselves. Todd Papesh. Mm. Okay. Be out here putting your hands on young men. Um, and and lastly, which I think was really sad, but I wanted to make sure that we talked about, um, is I don't know if we talked about the situation around Asia, Asia Maynard. No. Um, the young lady in Kansas um, who was a mother of four who went on a date with a white man. Oh, wait. I think you uh, mentioned it last week. Was this? Did I mention same? that last week? Oh, was this the same... This is the same. Person? Oh wait a minute! No, oh, that I think no, because that oh, happened in Connecticut as well. Oh this, my goodness! This is now the second okay. black woman who went on a date with a white man and ended up dead. Yep, yep. He said when he woke up the next morning to her that her body was cold. Oh, and so it's it's just they're basically now what they're saying is she passed away from natural causes Mm. and there is no investigation being held Mm. or anything. And her family is fully convinced Mm. that something is not right. And you know that when our guts tell us something that they're usually not wrong in that way. And so I just, I want, I hate the fact. And again, we talk about another facet of trauma as it pertains to, um untimely deaths you know with loved ones we talk Mm -hmm. about that in the kitchen table but it is just so disheartening even more so when people are not allowed that space to grieve because they have to deal with so many other things as it pertains to a loved one passing away or a loved one being killed or whatever has happened uh an untimely death i'm struck Um, by by there's just just I mean, far and away, a disregard for black life. Absolutely. It's just it doesn't seem that black life is anybody's priority. And that is... No. And in any facet. And especially black women. And when we say black women, that means black women. That means trans women. That means cis women. There is a blatant disregard for black life and especially for black women. And so... Um, we, you know, I just wanted to, I want love and peace for their family and some ease for their family, you know, and some space to be able to deal with this. And I just hate the fact that they have this on their shoulders as they're also trying to mourn a life that should not be lost. No. Um, so Mm -hmm. I just thought it was important to. To bring that up oh, in the trash. this is just terrible. Y'all be careful out there. Swiping left yeah. and right. Just swipe. Yeah. Be just careful. Be cautious. Just set up be for, careful. You know, just set up. 
nobody's saying don't do it, but make sure you set up measures so that people know where you are. You have methods of checking in. Should you choose to sleep with somebody, you know, you have methods of letting somebody know where you're at, that you've made this decision, that you, you know, this is if I don't check in by this time, this is where you can just just set up precautions ahead of time because you don't know these people and we live in in a crazy world you know what i'm saying and i'm and 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 i know it's hard to meet people serendipitously you know what i'm saying the way that it used to be and there are new methods and new technology but there are still ways to do things safely that's that's all i'm saying legit um, we already did our shout out in the midst of our trash. So let's get on to the so, kitchen table. Let's get to this kitchen table because it's a really important conversation. I want to take a moment to talk about something I care about, a functioning democracy. Maybe you've noticed this too, but there's been a lot of bad news on that front recently. I know it can be tempting to tune it all out, but it's so important that we stay engaged. The good news is that there are tangible ways we can all help fix things. Here's one way. A bunch of us in the podcast community have partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan organization, to spread the word about efforts to protect our elections and pass laws that will make our government truly of, by, and for the people. We're doing this because America faces urgent anti-democratic threats. 19 states passed laws last year that make it harder to vote. Election workers are quitting in droves because of threats and harassment. There's a coordinated campaign to put people in charge of our elections who don't believe in democracy. But there are things we can do together to ensure free and fair elections. If you care about the state of our democracy like we do, it's time for all of us, independents, progressives, and conservatives, to put country over party and take a stand. Head to represent.us slash podcast to learn more that's represent.us slash podcast adults when you're able to just get a minute to yourself make the most of it by playing best fiends you thought i was gonna say something else honestly it can feel great to lose track of time for a bit when you're on a best fiends winning streak and in a long line at your favorite fast food restaurant have the house to yourself for once those are all great times to lose yourself in best fiends Best Fiends is the mobile puzzle game that anyone can download and play. The game features tons of cute characters that help you solve thousands of fun puzzles. And the more you play, the more characters you collect. And the more you win, the more challenges you face. You won't get bored because new characters and challenging puzzles are added all the time. And there are tons of fun events where you can win huge rewards in-game. There are thousands of levels, so what are you waiting for? Get started! Now, I know I always give you all a level that I'm on or something, but I thought I would just give you a little description of one of my favorite fiends today. You know, just switch it up a shake. Her name is D, and I think you can already tell why she's one of my favorite fiends. Her name is D. okay? So she's an earthworm, and she reminds me of myself. She's always willing to go the extra mile, but sometimes her rash actions get the earthworms into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> sound like a familiar podcast you're listening to i don't know anyway go play best feeds because clearly it's a good time for me so it'll be a good time for you i got some of my homies to play i'm trying to get kia on the bandwagon she's almost there but almost. y'all know she's very busy almost. download best fiends free today on the app store or google play 
That's friends without the R, best fiends. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the kitchen table. We are very excited to have a very familiar face returning uh, back to our getting grown uh, community to share some information. Everybody say, hey, Keisha, welcome back, Keisha. Welcome back, Keisha. Welcome back, Keisha. Welcome back, Keisha. Welcome back to me. Our good sister, uh, Keisha Morgan, is here in a a slightly different capacity this time. I'm going to catch up with her and see how things have been generally, but wanted to sort of uh, segue... You know, we celebrate Black history, Black excellence at Getting Grown all year round. 365. Every day. But we're transitioning from Black History Month, continuing that celebration into the celebration of women's history. And in the spirit of of that, I, I wanted, you know, one of the key themes for our Black excellence celebration during the month of February was legacy. And in that conversation of legacy, inherent in that conversation of legacy is, you know, estate planning, which is something mm-hmm. that right. I was, I've been introduced to through Keisha over the last couple of years. And so I thought it would be uh, a good idea to have Keisha on and just to give some one-on-one kind of basics for folks who may or may not uh, know what their options are, what things, um, you know, they should or should not be doing as it relates to thinking about uh, how to plan for the future um, Mm -hmm. of their families and uh, in that particular way. So Keisha is an attorney. I'll allow her to introduce herself and give us some background about who she is and what brought her to this work. So tell the people, hey, yes, and who that is in the background. Yes. <laughs> we're joined by our special guest we have another special guest yes okay the one and only marley you yes. know my, my booking agent yes. my boss uh my also my executive admin mm-hmm. she, yes. she does all the things that's Overseer. my baby and i love her so first and foremost <laughs> when we introduce me don't forget to call me mama okay that's okay. the first and foremost sort of thing period um i'm the mom of a now two-year-old Oh my god! That which is just crazy. That. I can't even. It's believe just that. actual insanity. Outrageous. Out, just uh, completely offensive. Um, I bartended Keisha's yeah. wedding, by the way. So <laughs> <laughs> I bartended your wedding while all your cousins stole your liquor. Uh, <laughs> you did. You did. Good times. Oh, Good times. Actual and factual. Yes. So to watch you as the mother you of really a two-year-old can. now, I'm like, this is. This is just wild to see. It just yes. is. It's kind of crazy. But keep going. Look at, so look at us. Right? Who would have thought? Us. Who um, but yeah, so on a personal level, uh, so can't forget that I'm a mom. Can't forget that I'm the wife of my best friend, Joseph Holler, the one who is actually making sure that our kid gets to bed, mm-hmm. doing the best he can. Um, the daughter of Jamaican immigrants and the middle of Three girls, even though I act like I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. Uh, because whenever we talk about any sort of thing, if you don't know anything about my family, then you probably don't know me. And I probably don't like you because mm-hmm. I talk about my family incessantly. All three I also you. spend every Sunday with them. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, you all do. <laughs> that is my life. <laughs> but um, but how I got to what I'm doing, um, you know, estate planning is really not something that I knew at all in law school. When we were in law school, they were just like, oh, you want to do wills and trusts? And I'm like, why do I learn, want to learn about old white men and their money? Um, that has nothing to do with me. It's not going to be beneficial to me. Lo and behold, <laughs> turns out me. that, Blessings. bless you. Thank you. Turns you out like most man. things. I get to sneeze in. <laughs> <laughs> Got a allergic there. <laughs> but turns out like most things in this country, uh, things weren't created with us in mind. Things were created mm-hmm. to keep us out. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that if I really wanted to talk about helping my community and erasing the racial wealth gap, doing my part to close that, I needed to be able to help people figure out that when you're growing all this money, or even if you just got a little bit of something, how do we make sure it gets to the people you want it to get to? And how do we do it with you losing as little money as possible in that process? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mm-hmm. what, that's really what estate planning is. You know, when people talk about building legacy, building wealth, people love to just talk about, okay, I'm going to get my life insurance. I'm going to build up my retirement. I'm going to invest in these risky stocks. And that's excellent. I'm going to start a business. That's all wonderful. And I'm in support of all of it. And if you're not also saying, when I transition out of this world, how do I make sure that what I've worked so hard to build up doesn't go to waste? You have to talk about estate planning. And it's just something that is missing from the conversations. I was just cussing about it earlier today with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it's, it's something that I have found myself more and more passionate about. When I went to law school 15 years ago, or you know, however many years ago, I don't know at this point. But when I went to law school, it wasn't on my mind. I just knew I wanted to help people. But I thought that I was gonna become like a criminal defense attorney. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, let me help my people stay out of jail. It's like, you know what, there's a need for that. But there's also a need for people who look like us, who care about us, and want to mm-hmm. see us thrive, to be doing the things that help us to make sure the hard that we're the hard work we do is not getting wasted. Okay, so that's Absolutely. what I do. So okay, and I love it. Let's start from the from the let's start from the dirt. I <laughs> am uh, of moderate income. Um, mm-hmm. Kid, husband, and do I need an estate plan? Yeah. Where would you tell Absolutely. me to start? No, let me let me let me give you the questions about whether you need an estate plan. All right. Okay. Are you above the age of eighteen? Mm. Okay. Are you breathing? Mm. <laughs> Do you have Less anything? Sometimes. Okay. Do you have anything <laughs> legally in your name? Mm. Do you have the ability to say no to someone who wants to take your money? Mm. Do you care about anybody else other than yourself? Just w- mm. at least one other person. Mm-hmm. You do? There you go. You, you need, need an estate, estate plan. plan. Okay. That's it. Uh, people okay. love, you know, a lot of people will associate it with kids. And I get it, right? Because when you think about mm-hmm. legacy and all that kind of stuff, most people associate it with kids, but it's not just for people who have kids. People who contribute to charitable organizations, people who help to make sure that, like, people who are forgotten, mm-hmm. that they get something as well those are usually people who don't have kids because mm-hmm. usually people with kids are just be like oh everything to my kid and i'm like your kid that you don't even call like your kid who doesn't even call you okay you you don't want to be a little more intentional about that cool no problem but it's for everybody who's above the age of 18 breathing that kind of stuff and that's part of the reason why i started my platform is because 
I want everybody to know that estate planning is actually for everybody. It's just like what level you're, you're doing it at depends on your circumstances. Something that grows with you. Um, that's one of the yeah. things that, you know, like, you know, it's something that it's not like you do it and it's done, but every, as you continue to, to progress in your life and, and sort of collect and amass certain things, then your estate plan grows with you and it changes mm-hmm. with you. And I want to sort of go back if I could a little bit to the beginning of what, what um, Keisha was talking about in terms of thinking about these things systemically, right? Uh, a lot of times what what we don't realize, you know, as we talk about often on this show, white supremacy is not the shark, it's the water. We've all mm-hmm. been That's it. we've all been sitting in these systems that, as Keisha said, have been designed to sort of keep existing structural hierarchies in place. And so mm-hmm. I was sort of thrown into this completely involuntarily when I lost my brother and didn't really yeah. realize until until that moment just how these things work you know mm-hmm. in in the untimely passing of somebody that you love um yeah. and Keisha was there to help walk me and my family through some really difficult things because as you were saying Keisha this this kind of conversation doesn't really often happen in our families in our houses mm-hmm. And wealth is so much bigger than what we're dealing with, like what's in our bank accounts currently. Um, you know, white folks is not rich because their parents is rich. It's because their parents' parents was was rich, and their parents was rich, and their parents was rich. Mm-hmm. And so we, ha- they have over time amassed this great deal of wealth, um, and that empowers their decision making for the present generation. And so I feel like black people have a, we have a lot of ground to cover we got some time that we have to catch up um make up for and it's not our fault but it is our responsibility now that we know what it is so when my brother passed yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. yeah when my brother passed just really quick i just want to tell this story because when my brother passed he had life insurance through his job mm-hmm. he had not he signed all the paperwork and the hr coordinator actually told my mom this story she remembers when my brother was filling out the paperwork and he said, I need to double check, you know, who I need to put down for beneficiaries with my mom. Can I sign this and come back and add my beneficiaries later? She said, absolutely, because that's not something that's uncommon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, at the time, my brother was in his early 30s and we always think we have plenty of time to sort of mm-hmm. handle these matters. And so my brother did end up, uh, you know, losing his life and the beneficiaries were never really finalized and secured. And as a result, um, when it came down to determining where the money was going to go, it was not in the like it was not in the my pop, my family's power to determine or make that decision because mm-hmm. these things hadn't been put in place. The state decided who got my brother's insurance money. And because mm-hmm. my parents were still both living, matters not that at that time, my brother and I had been estranged from my father for over 10 years, but because both my parents were living, the money mm-hmm. was split between the two of them and there was nothing that anybody could do about it mm-hmm. because there was no plan in place for how decision 
steps uh, were going to be made in the event of of uh, some um, untimely passing or untimely death. And so that sort of threw my family and I um, into the fire and the urgency of really thinking about who is going to have control and who's going to make the decisions over what you have in the event that you're no longer here to make those decisions on your own. So Mm -hmm. Keisha, Keisha is, I can attest, I say all of that to attest to the fact that this was something that Keisha has been studying over the last few years. And now she's in the position and starting her own firm and guiding, you know, young millennials, generation X, uh, Zers, and all of us who don't really know how to do this into mm-hmm. doing this, into doing this now. So just wanted to give some context around that. There was a couple of, there was a couple of important things that you pointed out, Kia. Um, one is the, the systemic in terms of what we're doing here, because the way there was a, there was a report that came out actually the year that I became an estate planner. And that report, it was in 2017, and it said that by 2053, it was predicted that black wealth, was the median black wealth was gonna become zero. Mm. And for Latinx people, that they were set to be zero a decade later. And when I read that, it was just so jarring to me because, as you said, like white supremacy is the water we're all living in. And Mm -hmm. so, like, we know that when these rules were created back when there were landowners and landowners could only be white men, um, back when, you know, black people, you know, were given rights, but there was Jim Crow, there was the GI Bill, there was redlining, there were all these sorts of systematic things Mm -hmm. that either overtly or covertly discriminated against black people and the, their ability to build wealth. Mm-hmm. When we finally were able to do things like own land and that kind of stuff, land, and I know that, you know, there's a lot of millennials who feel like, okay, I don't want to own a house right now. And like, I'm with you, student debt is like actually, actually offensive and the most it's ever been. Mm-hmm. But there's a history to this about what this country has done um, for black homeowners and taking away that land mm-hmm. um, through something called air property, H-E-I-R, where they're basically like allowing investors to come in and take land that has belonged to families for generations because they didn't mm-hmm. understand estate planning. Mm-hmm. There is um, what this government um, has allowed white people to do to black businesses, mm-hmm. right? And like thriving black areas when you think about, um, you know, what has been allowed to do that. Right, exactly. And then on top of those systematic things, then there is the very real personal impact of what that looks like for individual families, Mm. right? And so my, when we're talking about like black families thriving, there are just so many categories to what adds to the thriving. There's... Mm. um, Food resources, like we think about food deserts, there is, there, so there's wealth as it relates to food, there's wealth as it relates to um, interpersonal relationships and our need for therapy and to help us to have healthier relationships. There is, but there's also what financial health and wellness mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And part of that is not just ascribing to this notion that ha- gaining a lot of money is what's going to save us. 
-hmm. But what has always saved black people is our communal nature. And so if you just have money and you just get it to spend it for yourself, and then it's like, I mean, when I die, they'll all figure out what happens to it. There are some people who have that perspective. And mm -hmm. it's like, if we come back to the community, like you'll see that we can build together. And like what we might not see in this generation will be seen in two or three generations. And then you have people where because of how this is set up, never got a chance to interact with this education, never mm -hmm. got a chance to hear from someone who looked like them to say, yes, good, get that life insurance policy, make sure you have beneficiaries designated. Maybe I wanna say like last month I was opening like a separate personal bank account. And when I went there to open the bank account, I was like, oh, can I make the payable on death beneficiary my husband? She was like, oh, how did you even know about that? I was like, oh, I'm an estate planner. And I know what happens if there's not a beneficiary designated. I also know myself and I'm not coming back to do it later. So I'm going to do it right now as I'm opening it. And it's just those that kind of information that, yes, there's wills, there's trust, there's power of attorney. And this is my this is, this is my professional work. So I'm not saying that lightly, but there's stuff that all of us could be doing right now mm -hmm. that's going to it's that is going to extend the work that we've done in our lifetime. So like if I am fortunate enough to have a job that comes with life insurance, how do I extend the benefit of that? I make sure that I get those beneficiaries designated whether or not someone from my company has let me know that it's important or who has followed up with me. Mm -hmm. Right. What is estate planning? For, if some, for somebody who does not understand what estate planning is in the first place, what is it? So estate planning, let's break it down. And that's 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 Marley saying goodnight. Goodnight, Good Marley. Marley. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's break it down. Estate and planning. So estate is literally everything that you own. But I like to also say it's what you're responsible for, what you're caring for, what you're managing. So while yes, like kids you may not own kids being responsible for kids means that you should be planning about what happens to them if something happens to you mm -hmm. so estate is everything that you own and the plan is where you're sitting down with an attorney or an advisor who's going to make sure to say to you all right if someone needed to step in to help you manage your your bank account you know your car making sure your mortgage payments are paid your car payments are made helping you to make medical decisions if you can't make them for yourself. What happens to your stuff when you transition mm -hmm. out of this world? Because that's, that's literally the only guarantee that we have is that at mm -hmm. some point we will transition. Mm -hmm. I, I get that some people, you know, are of the team that they'll also be back, but your stuff is not going to be back when you return. Like you, you, you're going to mm -hmm. have to get more stuff, right? So right, right. estate planning is the legal process of ensuring that what you've worked hard for is protected if you can't protect it during your lifetime and is properly transitioned to whomever you've decided is going to benefit from the hard work that you've put out there. Okay. That's what it is. And it includes things like powers of attorney, mm -hmm. things like wills, things like trust, which all have a different role to play mm -hmm. in estate planning. But think of it like this. If I, if there's a bridge and this bridge is either is is representative of those who would step in to help me mm -hmm. so if my stuff is over here on one side of the bridge 
and the people who want to help me are on the other side of the bridge. What have I created mm -hmm. to get them to the point where they can help me? And what guardrails have I put in to make sure that they don't step out on the bridge to help me and then tumble down to a ravine because I haven't given them any sort of guardrails, some sort of structure to be able to help them help me. Mm. Right. And so I it's not, I think it's, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I got enough bills. Why do I, I can't afford <laughs> life insurance monthly? What mm -hmm. do I do with that? Well, so we all got bills, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all, we all have bills, but here's the thing. Properly thinking about how to plan your estate actually reduces the impact of your debt on the next generation. Because mm -hmm. there's some things that are going, some things where the responsibility of it leaves with you. So mm -hmm. for example, if I haven't co-signed my student loan with anybody, when I leave this earth, so does the obligation to pay that student loan, unless the government changes that. But thus far, when you pass, the only time that that student loan debt goes to somebody else is if they were your co-signer. But typically when we're talking about debt, the people who can have access to your money to get your debt is only when it is caught up in the court process that happens when people don't have the proper documents in place. So for example, mm -hmm. I said that I you know, created this bank account. My husband, Joseph, is my payable on death beneficiary. That bank account is never gonna make it into court because mm -hmm. I have a payable on death beneficiary, which means if my estate gets to court, because that goes outside of the court process directly to him, somebody files a claim and says, Shakisha owes me $50 million mm -hmm. and I have $50 million in that bank account, that money belonged to Joseph, not over here in the court process. So it actually reduces the impact of that debt because I'm thinking to myself, oof, I really don't want nothing to go through court because I know that they're gonna come for their money. So mm -hmm. let me just let me just put this over here and it's all legal. I'm not even this is this is all legal. <laughs> this is what people do every day to make sure that yeah, I got debt. That doesn't mean that my debt is gonna go to the next generation unless I don't plan properly. Then it mm -hmm. will affect them. Because if that bank account goes to court, it's got fifty million, they filed a claim for fifty million, debts get paid first. There goes that money. Doesn't go yeah. to anybody I actually wanted to. Mm. Those are those safeguards that we were mm -hmm. safeguards, guardrails. Mm -hmm. These are the things that keep the people the that you love, the people that you're connected to safe from debtors. And I mean, as someone who has experienced such a, a grave loss, you know, mm -hmm. in that in that moment, it is it is a relief to be able to, you know, know that you know, because these things were put into place, I won't mm -hmm. have to fight with creditors. I won't have to worry about them coming for me or my money. And so it is It is about thinking about not just what you're doing right now, but how do we make it safe and secure for the future and mm -hmm. for your legacy, whether or not you have children. Um, because at yep. this point, I don't know if I'm going to be a mom, but it's still very important to me to, you know, all of, you know, Fran and I talk a lot about being sort of first generation to have access to the education opportunities and, you know, earning potential, right? So our mm -hmm. families have not, you know, to this point, um, you know, the, we're, we're, we're in uncharted waters, right? And so mm -hmm. with that comes much more responsibility and thinking about 
how I, I don't want to make sure I, I'm trying to we're doing all that we can to make sure that it doesn't end with us. Right. Exactly. How do we make sure that all that we have invested in building wealth for ourselves doesn't die with us when we die? Mm-hmm. But that if and there's anybody the around here after us, they'll have it too. What's, yeah. what's exciting about that is that then when you think about your transition, you're not just thinking about the sad part of it, mm-hmm. but you're, you're thinking about the opportunity that comes with it as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people ask me like, okay, so you basically talk about death all the time. Like, how is it not depressing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, because like, Death is a fact. But like what we do in death is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So what I focus on is what we do in death, like Mm -hmm. what we can do, what we can set up so that our death is not a burden on our families. Because here's the thing, like our death is going to impact our families. Mm -hmm. That is that that is just a fact. Like Mm -hmm. we're like people who love us are going to miss us. And. People who love us could feel encouraged because I think about like, so I have a trust and like I have, there are are kids in my life that I love deeply Mm -hmm. that I did not birth. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use this life insurance. I want to be really strategic about it. And like, I want to make sure that those kids, when they go to college, like there's something that Auntie Keisha left for them Mm -hmm. because I so believed in them that even if they go to college, like, dang, I'm about to walk onto this campus all these kids, I ain't got no money. And it's like, oh, actually, Auntie Keisha left you just like five G's. And like, mm-hmm. while that may, while I'd love to leave 25 to everybody I love, I'm not there yet. I'll get there. <laughs> but even that little thing can make a difference to say, while somebody loved me and believed in me so much that they thought of me, mm-hmm. what does that mean for their confidence? Is like, well, I remember walking into Stanford feeling like, okay, I mean, I made it in. And like I applied and like I was confident when I applied, but like I'm here now and I just mm-hmm. kind of feel like I'm not sure that I belong. But if somebody was like, oh, no, you do belong. And here, here's five thousand dollars. Go get your new computer so yeah. that you're not embarrassing yourself in class. But like, here's something you can do to, to remind you that you belong. Like, what would that have changed about my freshman experience? Been around all these white kids that got a lot of money, you know, so there is an opportunity there. I've also learned that there are things that you may not be able to afford in life that you can afford in death through insurance. I, I know that sounds really grim, mm-hmm. but no, you know, but it's factual, beca- <laughs> right? But, but, but Actually, because factuals. Of, and I think I think what's real here is that this is what white folks been doing. They have been very strategic about how this they have fun. planned. This is the whole point, right? And so it's time for us to be just as strategic. So I may mm-hmm. not have you know, a hundred, a hundred K cash assets to, to invest in someone or something. But, you know, if I decide at this point that that's something that I want to do, mm-hmm. you know, in the event of my passing, then there are things that I can put in place now that won't cost me a hundred K out of my pocket. But over time, these things, you know, and, and this is, these are the keys and the, the new insight, new information that, I think are all sort of in in this world that for a long time yes. black people have been strategically iced out of and now that we're back. Yes. How if I now we am back back. If, now we back back. So like where do I start? Let's say I am mm-hmm. out in 
Columbus, Ohio, listening mm-hmm. to Getting mm-hmm. Grown. And I this episode has gotten my wheels turning. And I'm thinking about, okay, so if I want to start thinking about this for me, what's my first step? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. Because <laughs> we bought that action, boss. Okay. First thing you can do. Something you can do tomorrow listening mm-hmm. to this episode. Mm-hmm. You don't even need an attorney to do it. If you own a bank account, no matter how many bank accounts you have, if you have retirement policies, no matter how many retirement policies you have, if you have life insurance policies, go tomorrow and make sure, one, that you have beneficiaries listed for each and every one of those. Mm-hmm. And if you do have beneficiaries listed, go back and check to make sure that they're people you actually want to get your money. Mm, while you're That's- there, while you're there, while you're there, <laughs> what are the things that I need to keep in mind when I am electing beneficiaries? Mm. Are there people... Who should I not <laughs> give my money to? <laughs> I feel like we need to really be very Ooh. direct about this information. Okay. Who do we this not is, assign yes. to be beneficiary? Your brother with the okay. gambling All problem, right. your daddy with the drinking <laughs> Absolutely. issue. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Because so so this is this is one of the reasons why I tell people that you actually want to meet with an, an actual human being, estate planning attorney, mm-hmm. because because they can tell you this and the the little do it yourself things online, they're not going to go through this with you, especially if you're black. They mm. they're not going to ask you about your family. Here's here's the people that you don't want to put on your list. <clears throat> And here's, let me just free free everybody before they get nervous about, oh, so-and-so might be mad at me. No, you're dead. Here's where I bring in, like, <laughs> that's really, that's... Okay, really, number one. You're not here to deal with their emotions. <laughs> and you if you're make... not dead, haunt them. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Inconsequential. Inconsequential. Because I'm going to be haunting you niggas. Not, you will okay, not be here. Absolutely. You will not be here to deal with their emotions. So free yourself. <laughs> free yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you don't even have to tell them right now. You, you can just write a little letter. Mm-hmm. Right? And then when people come into your house to get your stuff, they're going to see the letter that says, here's who I actually designated for stuff. So they have to be on the list to get the money. Mm-hmm. But here's yeah. who you don't want to give your money to. You want to think twice about giving your money to elderly parents. Mm-hmm. Because elderly parents, let's say that they they haven't passed before you, so so you pass before elderly parents. Mm-hmm. Do your elderly parents have the ability to be able to get that? Like if you're thinking about health issues, you know, uh, mental capacity, that kind of stuff, and also elderly people are some of the most vulnerable to be taken mm-hmm. advantage of by these yeah. money making schemes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Two. People you know are going to waste the money mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It could be because they have a gambling problem. It could be because they have an addiction. It could be because they keep falling in love with people that they give all their money to. So it's Ooh, just not going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. So if you know that the money is not going to go anywhere and you care about that, don't put them there. What are they going to do? Shake their fist towards <laughs> whatever afterlife you join? Like, what? Yes. Like okay. Wait. It's not... May I chime Jay. in? I'm he not an estate in. planner, but I just, ladies, gaties, and thadies, anybody who's dealing with a nigga in partnership, I just want you to know. Don't leave him. You do not have to leave your nigga your money. And don't tell uh-uh. him how much you no, have you either. So sorry. Don't. Don't. <laughs> 
Let Don't me tell you, when, when the Reed had those shirts break up with him, yeah. like, if I could really think about, like, <laughs> don't designate him, sis. Like, don't. don't. He's not doing nothing for you. It needs to be He's your merch. He didn't, he didn't do nothing but give you heartache and ulcers and gray hair in life. You know, in death, free yourself. Peace be with you. Reclaim your And time. also with you. <laughs> Just peace. reclaim it. Just, if I don't like you, know you I'm not no. going to talk back. to you. No, take it back. Here's, take here's it another back. set of people, though. And this one, this one really requires the use of a professional. If you want to leave your money to your kids, mm -hmm. you want to leave all that stuff, you want to designate your kids, cool. If they're minors, though, no. Yeah. You, you need a type of instrument that if your kids are under the age of majority, I'm not putting Marley's name on my life insurance beneficiary. She's mm -hmm. two years old. Mm -hmm. So if I pass, I have 16 years before I can put her name on there because every state has rules mm -hmm. that kick in when a minor is receiving something because they can't legally hold it, which means on top of dealing with your state on the legal side, whoever is the guardian of your kid mm. has to deal with the guardianship court in order to get permission to collect on behalf of the kid but that would also mean that you had to name a guardian. And I promise you this, if you haven't designated a beneficiary, you don't have the legal documents for having declared a guardian. I know that you And it's it. not your best because friend, they, they all happen at the same time. Shakita the hood healer, either. <laughs> you really need to think about. <laughs> no, Why that's have to be Shakita? Why should you have to be Shakita? Because I kind of feel attacked with that. Like, oh, you, Shakisha. You can come up with any other okay, name fine. other than Shakita. It doesn't have close. to be your we're friend close. Shakisha the Hood Healer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's true. Okay. I know we love to make our our, you know, besties, you know, no, and but it's, it's our, real. but it's think real. about your bestie and how they're living life. I just a voice for the people. It's not it's a, me, please. It's, it's if not someone an easy is decision trifling to make. with their own money, they'll be yeah. trifling with your money. And yeah. that's just and the point blank. Like people are who they are. Yeah. You may not know instantly. Keisha will tell you as we were doing my estate plan, this was a very difficult process because it is not a decision that you make haphazardly or instantly. You do have to think about what this means and really, uh, you know, sit with your decision. And, you know, thankfully, I know now that, you know, you, I should be updating my estate plan each year and so if i you're not locked in mm -hmm. if if right. you need, if your life changes or there's some transitions in your life and your relationships that you need to you know redesignate another person down the line those are options you're you're not writing this in cement but we're just cautioning or hopefully cautioning you to to, to not enter this this decision uh lightly um because mm -hmm. we are talking about you know everything you got so, oh, like Keisha said, not only what you have in your possession, what you own, but all the things that you manage. And that includes, you know, bank accounts. That includes, you know, health responsibilities, you know, mm -hmm. decision making authority over yourself and others that you may or may not be responsible for. All of these things factor into to the estate. So yes. exactly. Think about it. Exactly. Don't. And Think also, and I, I really love that you said that because I do really want to say this. Literally, if you have anything that matters to you, you should have some yes. type of estate plan. Mm -hmm. And as your money grows, 
because hello, I declare that over everybody listening to this. Absolutely. As your money continues to grow, then you can change and modify it. But mm -hmm. what you don't want to happen is you so devalue what you have now that you won't even take the necessary steps to do the most necessary parts of an estate plan, right? So mm -hmm. I say this to people. When you So there are three necessary things that are part of a state plan. One is a power of attorney for legal and financial affairs. It means if I need someone to access my bank account to do some stuff for me, mm -hmm. this is who I trust to do it, and here are the restrictions. Here's what you can access, here's what you can't access, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. Some people will be like, well, why do I need to do that? Why can't I just add their name to my bank account? Ah, ah, because what that does is, is that makes someone who didn't work for your money, gives them equal access to your money, and that money is also theirs. Mm-hmm. So I don't like that. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. You need to have a power of attorney so that you know when they can access the money. And if they try to do something different, you get to be like, remember this document right here? That means I now can get my money back from you. Mm -hmm. But if your name is on the account and you decide to just go in and spend my money, I don't have no recourse. I can't mm -hmm. get it back mm -hmm. because in the eyes of the law, that money also belongs to you. They don't care who put the money in. Mm -hmm. They only care about whose name is on the bank account. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's one of them. Second one is a power of attorney for your health care. Some people may have heard of a health care proxy, advanced directive, living will. Those are all basically different ways to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. But that one doesn't have anything to do with your money. That one has to do with making health decisions for you. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're a black woman or if you are a black birthing person mm -hmm. and you go to the hospital and something happens, you need to have designated I really hate to say this, but if there needs to be a choice between the life, you need to have already thought about that. Mm -hmm. Because who, if your partner is there, you would not want to leave that kind of burden for them to decide for themselves. Mm -hmm. You have to have that conversation. And I know it's a hard conversation, but I mean, if we're getting into adult partnerships and not having hard conversation, why the hell are we in adult partnerships? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just kind of feel like... We're adults. Like this is the stuff we. This is this is the burden that comes with the blessing of adulthood. Like you, you get the benefit of making your own money. You also get the burden of being responsible with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is a will, because a will says, "All right, when I pass, if you have to go to court and to deal with anything related to my estate, after my debts and stuff are paid for, here's who gets what's in what's in my estate. Mm -hmm. And if you're a parent." You need it because that is where you would name a guardian. Mm. And that is where, you know, I have a two-year-old. I got 16 years before she becomes age and majority. I have to declare a guardian. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that when you're doing estate planning, it has, it has effects on your real life. So mm -hmm. my sister is my first guardian for my kid, mm -hmm. which means that we are very intentional about building a relationship between <laughs> Nakia and Marley, mm -hmm. because if something happens to us, that is not when we want Marley to be introduced to my sister. That doesn't make mm -hmm. no sense, right? Mm -hmm. We want, we know she has the capacity. We know she has the love for her. Now we need her to have the relationship with her that if the unthinkable happens, because yeah. I mean, God, me not being here, unthinkable. But if the unthinkable happens, there's something oh, in place. <laughs> yes. We're, we're, <laughs> we're ready, yes. right? It's less of a burden, right? Yeah. Here's the other thing I would suggest. I'm going to just say this randomly because I don't know where it's going to come up in the conversation. You may not feel like you have the kind of money to do a $100,000 life insurance policy mm -hmm. to pass money on, da-da-da. But if you have a job and it is, if you have any sort of 
uh, disposable income. Mm -hmm. I want you to at least have a life insurance policy mm -hmm. that is at least $25,000 so that your family doesn't have to do a GoFundMe when you pass to pay yeah. for your funeral. Leave the beneficiary to someone who you know would be responsible enough that they would take the money and pay for your funeral. Absolutely. And if you can do that, it makes such a difference. It makes such, such a difference. Because the, what, who was, there was some, I mean, he wasn't like an A-list celebrity, but there was some celebrity that had passed. And it was, I think it was a comedian maybe? It was mm -hmm. a black guy. And I remember seeing on the internet, like his, his wife or partner who was left was like, y'all say you loved him, but you didn't contribute to his GoFundMe. And I was like, can that not be the barometer yeah. of our love? Maybe I have. Maybe I don't have the money to yeah. pay for your funeral, but you have. But you have the wherewithal right now. If you're listening now, mm -hmm. you can't say you didn't know that you should go and do this. Like do something. Like just think about it, it's twenty five thousand your family got. If you're getting buried, it's at least fifteen k that your at family least. is. And it does have not cost find. you twenty five k or fifteen k. Like it's, it's actually very moderate Much to cheaper. get a, a yeah. life yes. insurance policy, and you can get multiple of them. I have multiple yeah. life insurance policies, and some of them are designated to different people. So, now what do you say about that? I do not, the other questions. I was trying to. I'm trying. I was trying to think on behalf of the people, <laughs> and yeah. I do want to ask you what some of the most frequently asked questions are that you get. Yes, but get also um, on a personal note, if I yeah. do have multiple life insurance policies with different beneficiaries for each one. Mm -hmm just because I want to make sure things are spread out, what what would be your advice around that? I mean, there's so there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. Because okay. you can you can do it one of you can do it one of two ways. You can have one bigger policy and you can designate multiple beneficiaries who get like a percentage. Mm -hmm. Or you can just say, all right, now I'm just do individual ones. It's easier for me to compartmentalize it that way. And then you have beneficiaries for them I would just suggest to you that you make sure you have contingent beneficiaries on each one so like have the person that you got the policy to benefit for mm -hmm. and then if that person is not alive you have a backup so then that way you know yep. like it's very likely that someone that I want it to go to mm -hmm. will get it because they'll be alive to get it yeah but yeah okay. there's you can't go you can't really go wrong with that um okay. I just think that you you just got to think about sometimes I think about um, when someone passes and people can see who is the mm -hmm. beneficiary on the policy. Sometimes that creates a little drama. So if you just want to do it individually <laughs> and then you just tell them, mm -hmm. go here and get this policy and eh, you okay. can do it that way. But okay. <laughs> it achieves the same goal, which is that you did it right. <clears throat> OK, so really quickly before we get to, um, thank you, you know, the frequently asked questions. What so we talked about? You said something that we all can do from wherever we are is identifying beneficiaries for all accounts and insurance policies. Is there anything else that we can do to start to get us started on thinking about uh, our estate plans? Yes, so absolutely go and do beneficiary designations. The next thing I would do, and this doesn't have legal effect. But just on the very practical side of what people have to do after someone passes, create a list of the things that you own and where they are. I'm going to tell you why. When mm -hmm. people pass, especially if you're a private person, nobody knows where everything is. So mm -hmm. let's say you have a life insurance policy that you want someone to benefit from, but nobody knows it exists. 
the life insurance company is glad to have taken your premium over all this <laughs> time and that nobody came to collect the money. The life insurance company is totally fine with that. So I would mm -hmm. make a list. Where are my bank accounts? You know, I mean, you can just, even as something as simple as PNC checking account ending mm -hmm. in one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. It just gives some, and if you have beneficiaries designated for them, write it down somewhere because when people go through your stuff, they're going to find the list somewhere. And it just helps to make that easier because people are very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. It's very overwhelming to, to like, like to clean out someone's place, to figure out where stuff is going to go. Mm -hmm. If you have clothes and shoes that you want to go to a particular charity, write that down on the list. It just helps to give people something yeah. to go off of when they're doing stuff for you. And if your family is all together and all agree, that's really wonderful. Ooh, and the list God, will help yes. your family to do that. <laughs> but if your family does not agree, that's even more of a reason <laughs> for you to do a will. Write down who you want your goal to go to, okay? <laughs> because it's going to get real ghetto and complicated later on. I'm telling you from experience. Not just your goal, <laughs> but your Jordans and your, yeah. your Nintendo Your Bible. <laughs> all of these things <laughs> that are important to you. Yeah. The last thing I would say, so the last thing I would say is more mindset mm -hmm. because it makes a difference you're not going to be able to do this if you go in there with the scarcity mindset mm -hmm. what i mean by that i mean that there are people i've met with and they're like okay look i don't really have a lot of stuff so like i i just got a house and a couple life insurance policies mm -hmm. so like i really don't need to do much and i'm like pump your brakes because if you think that's not much you haven't been paying attention to the world around you mm -hmm. but like if you're a homeowner and you have retirement, life insurance, and you have a little bit of money in your bank account, like you're doing way better than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But by operating in this sort of, I don't really have much, you're doing two things. One, you're devaluing what you've worked that hard to do, but mm -hmm. then also you're hindering whoever, like the, the professional that's helping you mm -hmm. from helping you to see all that you can do with that. Because, yeah, you might not decide to pass down a house to someone, but if you direct that that house is sold, and the market that it is like right now, and that house is sold, and now it's like 250,000K that you gotta be like, okay, so who gets the 250K? Mm -hmm. But you over here like, I just got a house, so it's not really much. I'm like, what, you got land? That's excellent. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff, you have to shift your mindset. If you're gonna go in there with, I don't really have much, so like, I mean, what, what am I supposed to do with this little bit I got? You're, you're, not, you're not ready to do it. And so mm -hmm. you got to get your mind right because also it's an investment. So if you feel like you don't really have much that you're bringing to the table, when somebody quotes you what their fee is, then you're going to be a little taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, because we got to get paid, pet bitch, just telling you. <laughs> because it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to, you know what? Let me just give you all some fees. Let me just give mm -hmm. you all some averages mm -hmm. so that when you go to a, someone who's actually good at what they do, you can budget for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're doing like the most necessary documents of estate planning, you should expect to pay somewhere between $1,500 and $2,500 if they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And think about this. If you have a house that's worth $100,000 and you paid $1,500 to someone, 
to make sure that your hundred thousand dollars does not get it's caught safe. up yeah. in whatever's going over on over here and in your debts and all that kind of stuff. And that hundred thousand dollars goes to the next generation. Me myself personally, I feel like that's a worthwhile investment for the benefit. Absolutely. That's why you have to think of it that way. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who needs a trust because of your circumstances and the person who you're meeting with should be able to tell you, I want you to think I'm going to be paying at least $5,000. Just go ahead and get that in your head. Mm -hmm. And a lot of estate planners will give you flat fees. So they'll tell you up front what it, what it costs. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask why does it cost that? Don't be afraid to ask what is included. Don't be afraid to ask. So if I call you 14 times to understand what I'm doing, it's the same price. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then um, you want to just make sure that you're working with a professional. So I'm just, there was, there was a financial planner that I would send clients to. And we even like worked together on some things. Mm -hmm. And he has, is now promoting like a DIY estate planning thing. So I'm like, oh, so people should pay you to do their financial planning. People should not pay me to do their estate mm. planning. Like you can't have one without the other. What is the point of growing money if it doesn't matter to you that it doesn't get lost? Why do we have to start at the bottom of the staircase every mm. single generation? Why mm. can't we build up? So you want me to help you and you're saying you care about your clients, but you don't want them to use a professional to make sure it's done right. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not done right, guess what? They're going to hire me. And you want to know what? My fees are way higher <laughs> if I have to go to court. If mm. I have to put on a suit, um, <laughs> if, I, if I have to brush my edges, I know that's right. you're paying me. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. Just, if a lawyer has to put on a suit, you are dropping dollars. Some mm. serious So it's mm. all about yeah. planning, getting ahead of, this is, this is all about getting ahead of tragedy yes. and trauma you know yes. we i mean and it is about building we started from the ground up so mm -hmm. that hopefully the generation that's coming after us won't have to start from the ground of course we yes. would expect yes. them to continue to build on what we've started but we don't like we, this is ground zero never to be ground zero again hopefully mm -hmm. that's it um that's so, it there's so, there's so many important. of us that are that are going to be the first one that are going to do it. A lot of us will be the first one. But I don't want to discount that there are some people where their parents are actually mm -hmm. going to, like they're going to benefit from what their parents pass down. If you have mm -hmm. a parent or a grandparent who owns a home, like if they do their planning properly, you're going to benefit from it and then you'll be able to build on that. So I don't Which want you to rely why. on it. Yes. But it just, I'm sorry. But we Which can, is we why can be multi generational. I, have, mm -hmm. I found out sorry, when I did my estate plan and found out that Rhonda didn't have her business fixed. I said, "Oh, girl, we're getting down to the lawyers. <laughs> we're getting down to the lawyer immediately because you're not going to have me hemmed up underneath all of these bills, girl. You won't do it. Not on my watch. So it's also okay for you to have the difficult conversation." with your parents yes. and it's um, mm -hmm. uncomfortable god knows yes. but you do we are of age and we living in such a crazy world mm -hmm. where things are happening every day and i don't want to be well i would say it like this i cannot be left holding the bag it just can't be me <laughs> so whatever we need to do while everyone is still here 
in order to ensure that when it all hits the fan, I'm not left holding the bag. Then let's Hello. do everything we have to do to get that in order. So I've, I've been working with my mom on trying to identify estate planners in that area so that we can start to get these things in place before it's too, it's too late. Because I'm going to tell you like this, what we went through to get my, my brother didn't have any children. He didn't own any property, but there was such a process that we had to go yes. through in probate to get mm -hmm. his affairs, his final affairs finalized. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy and you know i'm petty but i wouldn't do it <laughs> because it it is the most it's, it it adds mm -hmm. another layer onto an already painful mm -hmm. situation you know and the whole time you're thinking i just want my brother back i don't have time for all of these forms and documents and this is dumb but you know and so Seeing that my family's gone through that, we've all vowed that we're not going to put each other through that ever again. And so we have been very diligent around planning for the future. So it's mm -hmm. conversation that you can have with your partners, loved ones, friends, but also mm -hmm. with your parents. Right. And just yes. make mm -hmm. sure that, you know, if your parents are still here, it's not too late to get the situation set up so that ground zero doesn't have to start with you. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. Very important. This is such a you, such Keisha. a necessary conversation. We appreciate you, Keisha, for coming and hipping the people to much needed information. Much needed information. Um, do you have anything else you want to share before we close out? Yeah. The last thing I just want to say is we are actually in the midst of the greatest wealth transfer in the United States. Mm. Now, over the next 30 years, when our grandparents transition and some of our parents transition, there is, let me, let me not say the greatest wealth transfer, the opportunity mm -hmm. for the greatest wealth transfer that's ever happened in this country. Mm. For a lot of us, that's going to be the first possible wealth transfer that happens in our families. Mm. So the question is, <clears throat> do you want to be prepared for that? Or do you want to be disadvantaged because you weren't willing to have the necessary conversations with your parents and grandparents, with your partners, with your children? Because what you do now is gonna make a difference. It's gonna, that's gonna be the ripple. Mm -hmm. So what is gonna be the ripple? Like another generation of losing money, of brothers and sisters arguing, of people not getting along, of people feeling like, you know, we could do this with Big Mama's money and here comes the big court saying, actually, you can't because mm -hmm. here's the rules. Mm -hmm. Do we want that or do we want to say, you know what, let's do what we've always done to build and that's come together in community. Mm -hmm. Come together, do what needs to be done, have the conversations, and then continue to enjoy life knowing that we took care of that. Yeah. So that when those things happen, our families, our loved ones aren't spending a year in probate court. Mm -hmm. First of all, trying to understand the forms. What are these Absolutely. forms? And then mm -hmm. trying to fill them out and then seeing if they can hire a lawyer and then realizing I can't afford that much. Yes. And then yes. some people wa literally walking away 
I've had families walk away from stuff because they were like, I actually, I don't understand this thing and I can't afford to hire you to do it. So I'm just going to have to walk away from it. Mm. $5,000 can make a difference. Put, put somebody's name on that bank account after you die. After. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not right now. Mm. <laughs> mm. Make sure that it is uh, <laughs> What is the money, proper term after now. death designee? What is it? Payable after Pay, what? Yeah, payable on death. Payable on okay. death. A payable they on death. Do after. you have to go they into the bank you. to do that? Or can you call customer service? I think it depends on your bank. Okay. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Since I know the impact of it, I've never established a bank account without naming a payable on death. And since you have to go into the bank to establish a bank account, that's the only process I know. So I will just tell people. But I feel like in the pandemic, people have been able, I've had clients be able to do these designations. So I think that if you call your bank and ask, I think that some banks have made you um, able to do it online and that kind of stuff. So I would just ask. But that's what you can do tomorrow. And I promise you it makes a world of difference. Okay. We just want to empower you all. Yes. Payable on death designation. We want to make sure that you, this is all about getting grown. It's all about empowering you with information so that you can make uh, informed decisions and not have to be, mm-hmm. you know, not operating from a place of duress and ignorance. But, you know, you can at the very least say, oh, I heard about this or I can, I can, I know what terms I need to Google, what people I need to identify in order to get this process mm-hmm. started. Keisha, thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge. How can the people who want to yes. continue to learn from you, how can they find you? What what are what what do you have to offer them? All of your inform information. Well, so I actually I actually have some really exciting things coming down the line. Share, um, please. Best way, <laughs> best way to get in touch with me is to follow me on Instagram at Shakisha Morgan. Um, mm-hmm. because I am actually so if you are local to this area. You could actually contact me to do your, yes, to the DMV. You could actually contact me to do your estate plan. So you can do that. But I actually have a resource guide that's coming out so that no matter where you are, you have the tools that you need to be able to have the conversations with your family and to get this stuff done. So Mm -hmm. if you follow me on Instagram, um, all of the links where everything will be available and where you can find out more about the information is going to be on there. So I'm, I'm launching this sort of educational platform called the Legacy Counselor. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm just going to... Because I really, y'all, I really... like I just, I just want to see more black trust fund kids. I just want to see more black wealth in our community and recycling it. And if you do not have kids or a spouse, wonderful. I still want to do your estate plan so we can go ahead and get this money to these charitable organizations that are actually for us and by us. So that they can have the money they need to keep up the really important work that they're doing. Yes. Or your nieces, nephews, play cousins. Oh yeah, them too. Really. Yeah, you know. Yes. Because you know, black people like our family. Our family is not necessarily all of our legal family. Not so let's, let's go ahead and take care of all of the play. Not. The play nieces. Listen, and I'm on a I'm on a call with my sisters right now. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what it <laughs> is. Sure. So, but we share not a little. That's blood. it. No, but thank you so much for coming. Thank you for yes. sharing. Um, we're just excited about all that that is coming down the pike for you um, yes. and for all of us, right? You, this is a way that we can maximize on the opportunity that's before us. We could use some hope uh, uh, given the days that we are currently navigating. So let's think about the future yes. with some hope and excitement. 
And y'all, make sure you follow Keisha. Be on the lookout for the Legacy Counselor. Get your resource guides. And then get on the phone. Start calling the banks and the people to get your business yes. fixed. All right? Yes. Love y'all. Thank you, Keisha. All of Keisha's information will be in the description box. Bye, Keisha. Hulu has the shows and movies you love and is committed to providing a platform for Black stories to continue to be seen with the Hulu Black Stories Hub. Watch Women of the Movement, produced by Sean Carter and Will Smith, and all seasons of Snowfall in Atlanta. Catch up on Queens, Grand Crew, Blackish, and our favorite, Abbott Elementary. Binge RuPaul's Drag Race, Power, Queen Sugar, and Tyler Perry's Haves and Have Nots, plus Hulu Originals, Wu Tank, and American Saga, Woke, and more. With all of those, plus classics like Living Singles and docuseries like Your Attention, Please, and Black Love, also the Hulu Original movies like The United States vs. Billie Holiday and Honest Collective's award winning documentary, Summer of Soul. You can find stories and storytellers that highlight and celebrate Black history past and present on Hulu's Black Stories Hub 365 days a year. Hulu subscription required. Terms apply. I deserve Okay. So my self-care this week, I'm actually very, very proud. And it took me a while to think of something and to be completely honest with you all. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so in an effort to continuously work on self and just try to try to implement routine and ritual and things, um, I am happy to report, and I have talked about this before, that I have been consistently journaling yes you know that is not a strength for me um i have we talk about key and i both have arthritis Her, <laughs> hers is rheumatory and mine is just regular nigga arthritis in my wrist <laughs> and um i also did some research on handwriting mm-hmm. because i've you know in journaling and then also having to do essay style questions at school on tests Mm -hmm. i'm finding myself having to write way more often than i just have had to and that muscle is probably weak Mm -hmm. but i started doing some research on handwriting and hold on i'm gonna tell you what it is um because the style that i have um is essentially where i write with my fingertips really my fingers Right, I they I uses the muscles of my fingers, and it's therefore the most exhausting way mm. of writing. Well, how it's do you the tell? way that you hold. Hold on, handwriting. What is it? Ah, uh, no, not handwriting is like cursive and print. What is the um penmanship? No, what's the, how did I how was I looking it up before? Oh. Pinche madre. <laughs> well, Wait. I mean, you can just find it and put it in the thing later. Yes. Yes, because it was really interesting to. It was really interesting when I was when I God damn it. Anyway, well, what's your your self-care <laughs> while I look it up? <laughs> um my self-care, uh, so I have to be honest that last week was like, okay, so I, I think 
in self-care, I am broadening my the, the way that I think about productivity. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of self-work, realizing that, you know, the ways that I think about whether or not I've been productive, you know, mm-hmm. uh, are so are just are really limited. Right. And so I'm continuing to grow in unlearning practices that are not helpful to me. And so I, so I was beating myself up last week because I didn't get much writing done. I had mm-hmm. lots of meetings and other sort of, you know, logistics and administrative things to do at work and wasn't able to mm-hmm. just sort of devote the time that I wanted to devote to my writing and was, you know, and honestly just feeling really drained, you know, just dealing with some other things sort of physically and emotionally. And I had a conversation with Fran and she was like, girl, okay, we have to sort of will ourselves out of these very linear and finite ways that we think about how we work, right? There will be times where mm-hmm. you work and you'll work at the desk and you'll just type fast all day. There'll be weeks where you do a lot of that. And then there'll be weeks where your work will look like meetings and other mm-hmm. sort of things. And I know it seems sort of, you know, like, duh, like that stuff sort of seems, uh, it should be intuitive, but mm-hmm. if I'm honest, you know, I, I, I struggle in that area mm-hmm. And it's really easy for me to fall back into sort of tearing myself down and sort of giving myself grace and space. So shout out to Fran. She's helped to talk me through some of my, uh, you know, negative self-talk and, you know, help me to sort of reframe that particular to how I think about my productivity. She reminded me that, you know, giving myself a break, my mind and my body, mm-hmm. uh, a break Absolutely. from just sort of the practice of writing actually makes me a better writer in the long in the long mm-hmm. run so um shout out to friends shout out to friends to hold you accountable shout out to having a safe space where you Word. can just be honest and say i'm struggling with this today um mm-hmm. and having somebody to help you sort of put whatever you're dealing with whatever mood you're in in the proper perspective so into perspective yeah, yeah or yeah. even just to read not even proper uh, reframing sometimes yeah. it's just a you know, it's just a reframing of how how we're thinking about something. Absolutely. Because I know even recently there have been reframings for with very like simple mm-hmm. themes where it's like where I'm like, you know, that is the easiest thing in the world. And for whatever reason, I just wasn't thinking about it that mm-hmm. way. So it's beautiful when we have community that helps us um, and can assist us when we're struggling in that area. I yeah. found All right. the handwriting types. There you go. Because you know I was it was gonna bother me. So there's the dynamic tripod, oh. often considered the correct way. Oh dear. Where you rest your pen on your middle finger and hold oh. your thumb on the pen to steady your handwriting. I'm sure that's not how I do it. Mm, definitely not me. Then there's the lateral tripod, which is uh similar to the dynamic, but in this case you you have your thumb over the pen and rest on your index finger okay and then this is me the dynamic quadrupod which is called the writer's rest uh dynamic quadrupod sees writers resting the pen on their ring finger with their thumb on the pen so what it does is it hurts like after a while like i have to put band-aids on when i take tests at school because the pen literally digs into my ring finger because i hold my pen like this 
Yeah. See, I hold, so my pen rests, I would say that it rests on my middle finger, but my thumb okay, see. covers them all. Like my thumb is on top. Okay. You, it rests on your middle finger? Yeah. And my thumb okay, is on index. top. My index finger is like up underneath there. Oh, okay. And hold your thumb. Then you, you have correct handwriting. What? Impossible. Yeah. Not this mess. Not handwriting, but I hold the but, pen properly. But you hold the pen properly. Um, you hold the pen properly because let's see. Yep, you have a dynamic tripod, well, often considered the correct. Or actually, you have a lateral tripod because you said you your thumb covers the pen. Yeah. See. Yeah, yeah. You have ladder. You write like a, with lateral tripod, much as the same as dynamic. But in this case, you'll have your thumb over the pen and resting on your. Index or middle finger. All right, lateral tripod. I'm gonna look. That so up. your 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 hands probably don't get as tired. I mean, they do because yeah. of your own. But that is, you would get even more tired if you was because I'm using the muscles in the tips of my fingers to write. Wow. Which exhausts them quicker. Wow. And I realized my dad writes like that. So I wonder how much of that is like inherited. Is there a way to change your hand like do you I have to build those in muscles second grade, up though i remember in second grade them teaching them teaching you how mm -hmm. to hold how to hold your pen the how pencil. to hold your pencil i do remember but that. i don't like writing but when i write like that i, I it's not comfortable for me That's it's fair. comfortable for me when i do this but it still hurts if that makes sense hmm. i know it's so interesting Very. but yes there are different there are different names for how you hold your pen or your pencil when you write uh, for anybody who gave a fuck. Um, I know we didn't do an honesty box, but uh, you can send your honesty box and honesty box questions into getting grown podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we'll pick that back up and we will move along to our petty beefs. Let's do it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister because everybody know I can be real petty. P.E. to the T.T.Y. honey. I don't know if I've done this before. If I did, it was a while ago, and it, but it, it is worth mentioning again. Mm -hmm. I hate people. Yes, I know what words mean. <laughs> <laughs> Who parallel park across the street from other people who parallel park. Okay. But double park. So sorry. Okay, double I'm park. like, what? Because what's wrong with that? I know. I was like, <laughs> parallel park. <laughs> Damn it. Who double park. So people who double okay. park right across from another person who has double park. Or even oh, where so they do that real the and where down. they're like, so you're you're blocking everything. You're or in. where they're just like slightly up from the other double park car so yeah. it's like everybody gotta everybody gotta veer and do all kinds of magic yeah. to get around you all's cars because you just couldn't go a couple spaces forward or back it's just a lack of That's consideration it, <laughs> it is it's and it's a lack of, of of just common sense it's a lack of common sense and a lack of consideration because it don't take nothing for you to move just a little bit but niggas literally don't even think about what makes sense and that it infuriates me in yeah. so many things but 
this is I've just been noticing so much of this lately again, and it's just it's been pissing me off. So I said, I this is it. my petty peeve this week. I get What's it. your petty peeve? My petty peeve is pretty petty, but I will say that uh, you know, the nail place is a really interesting, interesting place, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the nail place is a place where you don't really expect it, but if you are not paying attention. Um, well, I would say if you if you are paying attention, rather, then you'll notice that there are so many backhanded compliments that happen in the nail salon. Maybe it's just me. Absolutely. Maybe it's just the way because I think that there's still there's still a lot of notion. Like people have a a lot of preconceived notions associated with you know long nails, right? Mm-hmm. And and it and it. And I don't even think it's intentional, but like if you listen to how people talk to you or engage you, uh, well, I'll say when people people around me getting my nails done, I I can feel the dissonance, right? I can feel how uncomfortable people are um, about about my nails, not theirs, mm. but mine. So mm. there was a young lady, and I'm you know. She wasn't really a young lady, but there was a lady in the, mm-hmm. in the nail place <laughs> next to me. The last time I was getting my nails done, she had lots of questions, which led me to believe that even at her great big age, she had not gotten her nails done a whole lot. She didn't really know the terminology, what her options were, what things were called, how to ask for things, particularly around like nail shape. Does she want acrylic mm-hmm. or powder? Does she want gel? those kinds of things. And so she's looking mm-hmm. around the shop for like reference points. Right. And she looks at my nails and she's trying to figure out how to tell her nail tech that she don't want that. <laughs> right. And so, you know, uh, <laughs> I didn't ask you what you don't want though. Lady. Right. Right. I, right. But you're going to, interesting. Like it was just interesting. Like I, I was saying no words, right. I'm literally just sitting there and she's going through all these motions right next to me, but she's not talking to me. So I'm not, you know, acknowledging her, but I can hear her because we're sitting less than 10 feet from each other. Right. And so, uh, you know, there's some negative space on my nail. Right. So she's like, she's trying to tell the man that she wants this sort of pinky clear color, not, not the mm-hmm. blue, the pinky clear color. Um, okay. And, my nail tech is hip to what's going on as well and is annoyed, right? So mm-hmm. she's like, I'm not going to tell her what the color is. She's like, it's just clear, not just clear, right? So, but, so, <laughs> uh, so like my nail tech is hip to what's happening. So I walk away because, you know, after you get, you know, you have to wash your hands a certain point during mm-hmm. the process. So I walk away to get my mm-hmm. nails to wash my hands and I hear her tell the nail tech, like, I really would like, um, I would like a color, you know, not like hers, but I want something that's like for a lady. <laughs> you know, what something that's that for like a mean? lady. Right? <laughs> you know, and I was just like, oh, okay. So, so what does she course, have on? Like, what does she I like, mean, what was, what was she on? giving? Child, she was giving very much, like, I mean, I'm not feeling no way. She was very much giving somebody's auntie, you know, it was not 
Okay. I was no, I didn't feel no way about it, right? I was like, okay, It's girl. the petty peeve, so I'm about to be petty. I'm like, is she giving homely? Yes. Is she giving, like, yes. pearls? It's giving you know what I'm saying? homely. Like, it's giving homely. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's giving home. Kid trying to be nice, and I'm like, and I appreciate that, but I'm like, nah. nah, nah it's nah, giving nah, nah. homely. It's giving homely. Right. And so, oh, but, but this is how the passive aggressive, the aggression sort of takes place. So I hear her say that about mm-hmm. my nails. Um, I get back to the station and of course my nails are finished. So she was like, can I see? Oh my God. Those are stunning. Those are beautiful. I was just like, girl, I said, girl, I was like, these nails, these, that's not for ladies. And she was so stuck. She was, <laughs> sis was like, <laughs> she was in a. I heard you, girl. I said, you ma'am, can't I mean, you know, I, I heard, I thought she said she was looking for, I didn't think you would like these because they not really for ladies. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> so, yeah. My petty peeve is for Now peep. take like, your ass back to Coles and get out of my face. Like, like this, okay? <laughs> Run on over there and get your ballerina pink and leave me alone. <laughs> With your 45-year-old self, you get these little adolescent little girl You want nails. something for ladies? You know what? Yeah. If I was a nail tech, I'd fix that bitch. I'd give her a motherfucking French manicure. That's what I'd give her. <laughs> and I'd give her one of them fat-ass ones from the 90s. You know what I'm she saying? She was like, Whoa. Like, here you go. For ladies. For ladies. And I mean, she was stuck because, you know, in her mind, she didn't even think that she... First, she didn't know that I heard her. Second, it mm-hmm. didn't even register to her that I would be offended by something like that. I was like, yeah, you know, you just said my nails wasn't ladylike, sis. Trying. Okay, girl. Okay. And you don't have to think my nails... I don't get my nails for you. I get my nails for me. I enjoy them. So I don't need you to like them, Right. So it's okay. so fascinating to me when people don't even understand that they're giving backhanded compliments. And I think I find it hard to believe that people don't understand that they're giving backhanded and compliments. I, I do too. And I wonder, I'm like, do you think I'm that dumb? Or do you think right. that I'm just or are you that dumb? and I'm not going to say anything? Or, or are you are you that dumb? Mm. It's got to be. Like, it has to be one of these. You have to think I am impossibly stupid or you are. <laughs> One or the other. But yeah, that's my petty peeve. People just in in the nail place talking too much. And just sort of like, okay, if you think that my nails is ghetto and unladylike, okay, that's a position that you can have and you well within your rights to have it. Doesn't make me any less of who I am. So please carry oh, on. With white yourself. girls and co-opted. They done co-opted the quote unquote ghetto nails. They have they co-opted the quote unquote ghetto everything. Else. Hello. Exactly. They have. I know. Been There's so many. All the little nail groups. I follow nails, the little nail nail tech. Gold. Those things that I follow on Instagram and Facebook. It's all child overrun by little white girls trying to figure out. I'm trying to help me decide what to get on my nails for prom. It's all these little white girls. And let me tell you another thing since we on this topic. (sighs) Y'all I want us to come out of this uh, this is for my chocolate girls like me. We gotta come out of this like what nail colors look good on my skin tone. Ma'am all of them. 
Okay. All of them. All of them. Every last one. There's not one that's not going to look good. And you stop letting people tell you that you're too dark to do anything. Because that is just a lie. I say that because there's a little nail board that I follow sometimes get a little inspiration. Or just because I enjoy nail mm-hmm. design. Mm-hmm. Seeing lots of younger girls who are going to prom, preparing for homecoming, other kind of formals and things that are coming up. And they would mm-hmm. leave a picture of their hand on the message board and say, y'all give me suggestions of shades that would look good with my skin tone. All of them, little girl. Every last one. Get whatever Neon, you want. nudes, fall, the possibilities fall deeps, are endless. Whatever you can do pastels, whatever you want. Like you, you can, can do honestly no do color. You anything. can do any color. And let me, let me give you another secret. It's going to look better. You, so good. you know what I'm saying? It's going to look better. You're just going to be able to pull that off. And I mean, so, more importantly, I think what I would have helped me, what I would have loved if someone would have drilled into me when I was a young, a younger girl, to get comfortable with doing things because you like it, not because mm-hmm. how exactly. other people think it will look. Do you want mm-hmm. green nail polish? Then get then the get green it. nail polishes. Get it. Get it. And there's a way to do it because I remember being that girl and I had a guy. This was I'm, I'm just a little embarrassed to admit this, but I, I'll say it. I've had a guy tell me that I was too dark for red nail polish. Oh, that I was, irritates I was really you. young when it happened, but it has been something that was said to me and it had me bound. And I thought for years that I couldn't wear red lipstick or any color lipstick because I was dark or because I had big lips or I thought, but I'm here to tell you that there is a way to do all things. And you like, whatever you choose to do, it's like, you know, people say it's ghetto. It's not appropriate. No, you make whatever it is, whatever it is. Right. Absolutely. My long nails will still be I mean, asked to speak at the National Academy of Science. You know, like my long nails is, is you know, you know what I'm saying. So, so you people have these stigmas, but the only way we're going to resist them is to just do what makes us happy and do That's what it. brings us joy. White people wear whatever they want to wear, and they don't have to ask nobody how it feel. How you know? Really don't do what you like and go into whatever spaces however they want to asking for however much money they want you know what i'm saying if they feel like getting a winnie the pooh tattoo on their forearm you know what i'm saying with devil horns they're gonna go right into that job interview and literally say yeah this is a winnie the yes. Pooh with devil horns yes it's not <laughs> people are ghetto i have we have seen we have said people say my blonde hair my platinum hair is ghetto or you know my long nails my big earrings is ghetto nah i say this there are so many straight laced conservative looking people in hmm. the ghetto that you wouldn't think are ghetto but are ghetto to the socks so it's not and the shit what that you all is. consider quote unquote exactly. ghetto. Meg, so okay, Megan McCain got on the fucking view with with pigtails, pigtails with like little hanging bits down. What you want to tell me about that? 
Because that I'm was saying. the same uh, hairstyle that my Miss Mamas had on what Nisi or what was her name on Baps mm-hmm. when she had the two pigtails with the curlies hanging down. Period. Same thing Megan McCain had. Period. But it's okay if Megan McCain but it's does okay. it. Okay, right? And it's so I I just feel like all of these tropes, all of these names, all of these labels that are assigned to us, we really have yeah. to resist. Be intentional about resisting it. Um, because if we're not careful, we fall into it. Because like we was talking about mm-hmm. earlier, these things, white supremacy, anti-blackness is not the shark, it's the water that we've all been swimming mm-hmm. in all of our lives. And if we are not careful, we'll fall into the same unhealthy anti-black uh, uh, you know, patterns and behaviors. You know what I'm saying? And we do, because that same lady, I'm so sorry I cut you no, off. No, no, no. That same lady who sat up there and was like, I want something for a lady... It'd be them same bitches who love to brag. I've never dyed my hair. This is my natural color. I've never dyed Girl, my hair. Girl, we can tell. Do you, what, you want me to bake you a cake because Dust. you've never put color in your hair? Yes, like, honey. What kind of weird flex is that? It's the same you know what I'm thing. Saying? It's like, the, same, the same girls that be like, I don't I don't wear makeup. Okay, girl, we know. We can okay. tell. Okay. <laughs> All right, Alicia. Congratulations to you, like, sis. If that's like, your choice, good, then live great. your best life. But what are you saying? Like, do you feel like that gives you some sort of one up on the girl that's next to you? We've so got to revamp these 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 respectability politics yeah. that have been ingrained. Let's I, I understand that they have been chiseled mm-hmm. into our framework, which is why we resist things. And when I say we, y'all, but <laughs> we resist things. You know, no, self included. Like, yeah, we're all I've guilty had, of it. Absolutely been. One corrected way or another. and another back yeah, and said that I yeah. need to change the way that I think about all of this. Too. Absolutely, I've had my thinking reframed on many a th- many a topic, and we'll you know continue to. Abs- I think that's beautiful because if you're not changing, it's important. It's necessary. You're not evolving. Yeah, you're, you're dying. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing for plants. It's the same thing for us. If we're not changing, we're dying. So it's good for us to constantly be educated. And it's okay for you to reframe your work. But if you're thinking like that and you're listening to this right now, if you're on some like neutral colors and I've never colored my hair and I don't have sex on the first date, I, I really need you to go reevaluate why you're such a prude bitch. Well, are you doing and- it for you? I just, well, it's more so like, are you doing, when you say that, those and why are you things- ju- And also, why are you judgmental of other people yeah. who choose to, to move do- differently than you do? Are you doing it for you? Are you doing Please. it for you? Are you doing it because you feel like it makes you better than the next person who who has decided exactly. to make a different choice? That's all I'm saying, girl. Okay? So if you want to run bitch. around here, you know, and I mean, like, who you talking to? For the most part, I it's nothing. Like, I get designs, but for the most part, my nails are either black or white. This is the first time, you know, I step outside and get a color or do something. That doesn't happen a whole lot. But, you know, I do it because I wanted to, because I felt like it. You know, it's and it's my business. There's other ways to ask what kind of polish I got or to ask for the polish that you want without taking the dig at the person that's next to you. That's all I'm saying. I need to reframe what my mother did because she told me I can't wear black lipstick because I look like a witch. <laughs> You're too pale for that, Jade. I'm like, well, I now, think there's now, a way a to do it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like there's a way to do all thing i do you can't wear a black you can't wear black lipstick with nothing else 
Like you cannot have an otherwise dry face no. and just put black no, lipstick no, no, on. No, 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 no. I can't wear any lipstick with right. nothing else. But so. I believe, <laughs> and I will. I, don't have I, that face. I believe that I could do it. I believe if I were to fully beat your face, I could put mm. a black lipstick on you, and it would look amazing. I believe. Well, it. I, I say accept the challenge. The last time you beat my face was my wedding. So I think it's time for us to do a, a revamp. We revisit. Okay. I think I could do so it. So we're going to, you know what, the next time Kia and I are together, <clears throat> we're going to do a Patreon where Kia beats my face. Mm, 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 mm. There we go. Reframing. Can't we're wait reframing. to see it. We're going to take we're a picture reframing. and send it to mom. Like, ain't you do- and, and I'm going to put on a black like wig because no she told me if I dye my <laughs> hair black, I'll look like a witch too. So I'm just gonna send her black wig, I black lipstick. I think there are ways to do things though, with all caps, what? and I'm gonna put those spaces in between each letter, like you all do, and be like, "Deal." <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yes, that was a little, a little lengthy, but that was the petty peeve. Y'all just mind your business. That's what it boils down yeah. to. Yeah. Amen. Really, that's it. Period. <laughs> yours, as, okay? Yes, the business that's yours. The nail polish that's on your hand. Huh? How about mm-hmm. that? And then so, ask yourself, is this really your business or is this somebody else's yeah. business on your hands? Oh, another leather's levels to this shit. Am I, am, I, do I, am I getting this pink lips, this pink nail polish because I think I won't be respected for getting the color that I really want? Girl, sit hmm. down somewhere. Please. Um, but yes, Have a seat, siéntete. Thank, thank you to Keisha. Thank you to thank Keisha. Thank you to Keisha Our for joining guest. us at the kitchen table with such such uh, timely, uh, wonderful, and essential information. Yes, information. Get on down. All of her information will be in the description box. Yes. Sit down with yourself, your loved ones, and just start to think a little bit mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what's you know how to prepare not just you but the people that surround you. The people that you love, take it from me. You don't, you don't want to. I mean, ha- it is, it is a huge burden to leave someone else to Absolutely. figure out. It's a huge burden. Absolutely. So, and if you're scared about death, that's natural. Yeah. Get some therapy and get your fucking uh, paperwork done. Yeah. Because again, you need to think about somebody outside of yourself. It's not just about your fear. This is about the people that you're leaving behind as well, which also comes with the mess that yeah. you leave behind. Yes, indeed. So it's a difficult conversation, but that's what adulting is all about. Having to negotiate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, challenging things. We're all doing it together. Feel free Absolutely. to send us any questions that you have or any questions that we might um, be able to answer in future episodes. Hit up Keisha. Get all the resources. Make informed decisions. Close us out, sis. Most importantly, as we just so in-depth discussed in the Petty Peeves, (laughs) mind your business. Get whatever nude you think is your nude. You know what I'm saying? If you want cotton candy, then you go ahead and get that. If you want those cut up dollar bills on the tips of your nails, get your like best it's life. Nineteen ninety seven. Do what do you want it, to do. sister. Mm-hmm. I did too. Uh, also, don't forget to drink that water. Oh yeah, um, it is very dry outside. I have Extremely. been cracking. You know Funny. what I'm saying? And Humidifier that's just not the move. Ten all day. 
And this is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Lotioning while you in the shower dry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To make sure that the moisture really yes. sets in. So make sure you're doing that with your insides as well by drinking your water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lastly, um, but never least important, uh, lotion, moisturize, shea butter, uh, almond oil, your crevices, your cracks, your athlete's foot. Why, sister? <laughs> because all of that will crack if it's dry. Especially that athlete's foot. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. wants dry, cracking skin. Nobody. Do better. Moisturize. Do Bye, better. y'all. Love you much. Bye. 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 <laughs>